Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're glad to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis, literally all over the world, wherever the internet is available, through the internet, and by means of these podcasts. We know that there are people all over this country and around the world who want to learn more from God's Word. In some cases, they may just want to get a new start and start to learn God's Word. Maybe they've not had access to the Bible. Maybe they've not heard about Jesus Christ being their Lord and Savior. Maybe they've not even heard much about God. But we're thankful that they are there. Wherever, whatever state you might be in, maybe, and by, well, I mean by state, by state of being, whether you have known the Bible, whether you've been taught it all your life, whether you are a new student of God's Word, whether you're somebody just wanting to get an understanding of what God's Word really says. We're thankful that you're there, that you want to learn, and that we can help you along that line by means of these podcasts. Now, we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So please do start sharing these, this lesson today and always with everybody you can all the time. Now we know there are people, even in the Omaha area, who want to be with the church. They want to be in Bible studies. They want to listen to sermons being taught, but they are handicapped in some way. They can't get out very much. And we know that there are people, again, all around, all across this country and around the world, they can't be with us in person because they live in another area, but they want to learn. And so these podcasts can help you wherever you might be. Learn God's Word and learn what He wants you to do with His life. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com and tell everybody else to do the same, churchofchrist.com and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, accessing all of the resource materials that are available on our website at, church, at churchofchrist.com, it's all free. When you sign up for our podcasting, that's free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, a daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and it does exactly that, digs deep into God's Word, and yet explains it in a way that's easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. But you'll also receive a Monday, I'm sorry, well, Monday through Sunday, seven-day-a-week Bible class, only about 13 minutes each day. So we can fit that into our busy schedules almost all the time, called today's Bible class. Keeps us in God's Word, keeps us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. Now, again, all of that is free and always will be free. So tell everybody you can and take advantage of it yourself. We 
want to get back into our study, but I'm going to take a break because of the time of year that it is. Not going to go back into the book of Deuteronomy, that particular study that we've been in for some time now, actually going through the first five books of the Old Testament, those that we understand Moses to have primarily been the penman of, but of course, all of that being God's word, uh, and that first five books being called the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Well, we're going to take a little break today. This is the beginning of a new year. Now, we look at the beginning of a new year as a time for new beginnings, don't we? People, they start making all kinds of New Year's resolutions. They, they think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change something in my life that I, I really want to deal with. Maybe they're going to go on a diet. Maybe they're going to start going to the gym. Maybe they're going to start doing both. They're going to lose some weight, or maybe they're going to get more physically fit. Maybe they're going to look for a new job. Maybe they're going to try to improve their marriage relationship. Maybe this is the year that a husband and wife are going to try to have a baby. Well, all kinds of New Year's resolutions, all kinds. Most of those, I'd say by and large, probably the vast majority, yeah, they get started with maybe some real enthusiasm, but within a pretty short period of time, most of them kind of fall by the wayside, kind of peter out along the way, sometimes after just a couple of weeks, and then sometimes maybe a month or a month and a half or two months, and and the person making the commitment, and after a while, they they don't even realize they're no longer following through in the aggressive way that they intended to, to begin with. Well, but maybe some improvement has been made along the way, and that's a good thing. We look at this as a time for new beginnings. I like that concept. I like that idea. You know, and, and so it gives us the opening to really try to make profound changes in our lives. Now, we could talk about the benefits of being more healthy and losing weight and becoming more physically fit. We could talk about the benefits of an improved outlook on our marriage relationship or maybe trying to do better at our job or maybe you know, some people might say, I want to start a business this year. Whatever the resolution might be, we could talk about those things. But what I really want to focus upon is our spiritual life. This is really a prime time to refocus on your life from a spiritual perspective. That's the most important part of your life. I have taught for a great many years, in fact, for decades, that the only thing that matters in life, in this world, is getting to heaven. Now, that doesn't mean loving our children doesn't matter, loving our spouse doesn't matter, doing a good job at work doesn't matter. I'm not saying that there, those things that those things have no value whatsoever. But the point I'm trying to make, and I've been trying to make for, again, decades, is that if you accomplish the ultimate in all of those areas of your physical life, but you fail to get to heaven, you see the only alternative to getting to heaven is going to hell. And that's eternal destruction forever and ever. If you fail to get to heaven, all that other stuff, it doesn't matter. You failed in life, basically, in the most profound way and to the most profound degree. 
you don't get to heaven, you failed. So this is a time for a new beginning. If your life has not been properly focused on the spiritual side of your life, this is a time when you can stop, take that in view, and make the commitment to begin again. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, the Son of Man, speaking of himself, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We don't like to think of ourselves as being lost, do we? But outside of Christ, we are exactly that. We are lost spiritually. Again, and I know I, I, I quote Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 over and over and over and over and over again, but it needs to be burned into our brains. It shows both sides of the spectrum in life. The wages of sin is death. If you're living in disharmony with God's will communicated to you through his word, the scriptures, the Bible, then you're living in sin and the wages of sin is death. But the second half of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life in or through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there are the two choices, the two ultimate ends in life. The one is spiritual death, and that means you end up in eternal condemnation in hell with all of its agonies, with all of its sorrows, with all of its suffering, separated from God for all of eternity. The other is you'll be with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in the bliss and blessings and security of heaven for all of eternity. If you're not on that road, then this is a prime time for you to set your course for a new beginning. I'd like for us to read Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 18. And here Jesus, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus is not speaking this particular verse, but certainly this is part of his public ministry. Beginning with verse 18, notice, and this is something Jesus does for a man who has been paralyzed. And so this, this initial verse is not part of Jesus speaking, but is telling us what he did. It says, then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, that is before Jesus. Now, what we see here is that, that uh, there were a lot of people coming to Jesus, having heard of him being the Savior and having heard of him healing miraculously a great many people. Now, Jesus is inside a, a house, and there are so many people there that these men bringing this paralyzed man, bringing him on a bed, they can't get in. They can't get to Jesus. They can't get near to him. Now, we don't know who this man was to them. Maybe he was a family member, a brother, perhaps, Maybe he was a friend, someone they knew, obviously. And so they wanted to bring him to Jesus to be healed because he had been paralyzed. So he was paralyzed. Verse 19, when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, 
they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. (laughs) Think about that. Understand what happened there? They bring the man, the paralyzed man. uh, How else would they bring him? He was paralyzed. They bring him on a bed. But the house where Jesus was teaching, speaking, it was full of people. They couldn't get through the door. There were so many people. So they climb on top of the house, and they start taking the roof apart above the area where they apparently understood Jesus was. And they let the man down through the roof, still lying on his bed. Incredible. You talk about commitment to get that man to Jesus? Verse 20, when he saw their faith, that is, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. You see, that's not what we expect as the initial response from Jesus, is it? He sees the man being lowered down. Could you imagine taking the roof apart above him? And now that he sees a bed coming down, there's a man lying on the bed. The man is paralyzed. We expect him to heal the man right off, don't we? But his first response is, man, your sins are forgiven you. A lot of times we think that we need something physical or maybe something material. We need some particular blessing from God in a physical way, maybe a monetary way, and and God knows what we need most of all. And so Jesus, his initial response and blessing upon the man is, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) Uh, That's true. But you see, they did not understand, or maybe they just refused to believe that they were standing before God the Son. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? And so Jesus begins using logical reasoning before those critics, those Pharisees, who were doubting him or maybe outright disbelieving in him. But now you might wonder, well, why were, there th- why were they there then? Why were they among that crowd of people before standing before Jesus if they did not believe something about him at least? So Jesus says, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them and took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. (laughs) They had seen the power of God through God the Son, through the Savior, through the Messiah, the Lord, come to this earth. Interesting. Now, here was a man who was given a new beginning on life. From a physical perspective, Jesus gave him a new beginning on life. 
He had been paralyzed, but now he could walk. But what was the most important new beginning Jesus gave the man? He forgave his sins. He was no longer an unforgiven sinner. If we look at verse 28, so he left all, rose up, and followed him. Interesting, interesting. Here was a man who, and it would be difficult for us to imagine what must have gone through his mind. What, what, what emotions must have, you know, just flowed through him. He had, he had been paralyzed. He couldn't walk. We're not told how long that was. But now he was healed. And it was not through some medical procedure. It was simply by the Son of God saying, rise up and walk. Take up your bed. So he not only could get up, but he could pick up that on which he had been laying and carry it off with him. Jesus gave that man a new beginning, a paralyzed man, paralyzed man. Now, healing the man of his physical problem, again, was by far secondary to the new beginning that Jesus gave him. He gave him a new beginning from a spiritual perspective. Your sins are forgiven you. And what a lesson to all of those standing around him on that occasion, at that time, in that place, seeing not only the Savior pronouncing forgiveness upon this man, but then showing his authority and power to do so by healing the man physically miraculously. In John chapter 8, John chapter 8, there was another person, this time a woman, for whom Jesus gave a new beginning. Beginning with verse 1, we read about this woman. John chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. He sat down and taught them. And that's primarily what Jesus came to do, to teach people the gospel, the message of salvation sent from the throne, of, from the throne room in heaven through the physical person of Jesus Christ while still being fully divine, God the Son. He came to bring that message of salvation, the gospel, to all of mankind for all time. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So so early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, And when they had set her in in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? 
And so that's going back to Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 6 and 7. When it says they brought this woman, the Greek says literally they dragged this woman before Jesus. And so they were challenging Jesus. If you are who you say you are, what about the law of Moses? What does it say? We caught this woman, or this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And Moses' law says that she should be stoned. In other words, put to death by stoning. But what do you say? And so they were trying to catch Jesus. They were trying to trick him. This they said, testing him that they might know or that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. He did not immediately rebuke them to their face, calling them cowards, perhaps, calling them arrogant, presumptuous. But he bent down and just started writing with his finger in the, in the dirt on the ground. Don't you wonder what he wrote? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know what he wrote with his finger on the ground on that occasion? But they continued asking him, He raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Or another translation says, let him throw the first stone. Oh, you see, they were trying to catch Jesus. They were trying to trip him up. Do you believe the law of Moses? It says she should be stoned. And he acted as though he didn't even hear initially, just bent down, started writing with his finger on the, on the dirt on the ground. And they kept questioning him, pressing him. And he finally rose up. I wonder if he had a stone in his hand, offering it to the first one who would take it. He said, whichever one of you is without sin, Let him cast the first stone. You see, sometimes our accusatory posture in a given situation, pointing out the sin of somebody else or the wrongdoing or the failing or the weakness or whatever, we might be ignoring even worse in our own lives. I learned a long time ago, and it stuck with me, and I've used it as an illustration many times. Whenever you're pointing a finger at somebody else for what they have done, you need to stop and look. You've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Is there something you need to do? So Jesus says, let him throw a stone at her first, whichever one of you is without sin. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He just went back, stooped back down, kept writing on the ground. Again, what what was he writing? We're not told. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience, and thank God for that conviction, being convicted by their conscience, went out 
one by one. In other words, they just started one by one walking away, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now think about that. Look at the change in posture. Look at the change in the setting. These men, we're not told how many, but they, again, the Greek literally says dragged her before Jesus, challenged him. Are you going to follow the law of Moses here? She was caught in the very act of adultery. She should be stoned according to the law of Moses. What do you say? He didn't say anything initially. He just bent over and started writing in the ground. They kept pressing him. He rose up. And he suggested that whichever one among them was without sin, that he begin casting the first stone. Now, can you hear the silence in their response? The deafening silence? They just, one by one, started walking away. And all of a sudden, Jesus was left alone with the woman. Saw no one but the woman. He said to her, verse 10, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Now, don't miss the point. Jesus did not excuse her sin, did not excuse her sinful lifestyle. He said, Go and sin no more. It was time for her to have a new beginning in her life from a spiritual perspective. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, darkness personifying sinfulness, but have the light of life. Eternal life being the prospect, the promise, the surety, because of their walking in righteousness before me and before God. Jesus gave the paralytic man a new beginning restored his strength. He could walk. But first, he forgave his sins, and that was even more important. This woman, well, she was spared death by execution through the, the, the stoning that she could have received. But Jesus gave her a much more important new beginning. He forgave her sins and said, Go and sin no more. Don't keep living the lifestyle you've been living in. Start a new beginning. Do you need that kind of a new beginning? Do you need to start to focus on your spiritual life, your relationship with God through Christ? Do you need to turn away from sin in your life? Do you need to become that faithful, righteous follower? of God through Christ? Have you surrendered to him in baptism, being buried, immersed in the waters, having repented of your sins, confessed your faith in Christ, Romans 10, verses 32 and 33, and submitted to being plunged beneath those waters of baptism so the blood that Jesus shed on the cross could cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, and you could rise up out of that water resurrected to a new life spiritually, born again, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, made new spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, in Christ, united with him, Romans chapter 
6, verses 3 through 5. That's a new beginning that's awaiting you if you have never made that transition. That's a new beginning that Jesus came to offer you. That's a new beginning that he died on the cross to hold out before you. Are you ready to take that new beginning? We'd like to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can contact us that way. Or you can call us at 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397. We want to help you with that new beginning. Let's pray. Father, so many of us need a new beginning in life. And the most important new beginning is that experienced by that paralytic man, man whom Jesus forgave, by that adulterous woman whom Jesus forgave. But in no, neither case did he excuse their former sinfulness. And he told the woman, go and sin no more. Help us to have that mindset and to make that commitment to come to you through Jesus, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly as our Lord and Savior and your Son, and being baptized so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins, and we can have the most important new beginning that anyone could possibly hope for an eternal new beginning. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.